podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, Happy New Year. Episode 222 of the Leeds Up Podcast and I'm with Rocco Dean. Hello, Happy New Year, Happy 222. I don't know why I sort of say Dean in that way. But it's going to stick. <laughs> I don't out. know why I say Dean full stop. To be fair, but well, you know. I flip. I flip between the two. Sometimes it's like Rocco. Sometimes it's Rocco Dean. Like, there's no other Rocco, is there? I don't know any other Rocco in our fan base. In well, general, I follow someone whose Twitter bio says Rocco's dad, but it's not my dad. So, yeah, there are other Roccos, unless that Rocco is a dog, which normally would be the case. I'm not sure, and yeah. I've never met another Rocco. So, yeah, one day maybe. It's getting more popular, I think. Before we jump into the Birmingham win today, and also just a a quick look back at the Christmas New Year period. Ooh. Ooh. (laughs) Makes me shudder. We just want to say a thank you to Bass and Bly, who are the sponsors of the podcast based in Harrogate. Premium independent photographic dealership with over 60 years of history. We can't clarify whether they have been operating for 60 years, but the internet tells us, and he hasn't said they don't. They haven't operated for that amount of time. So, I trust him. You trust him, Rocco, as well. But they, they specialize in cameras, binoculars, and spotting scope. They have a range of services available, including camera repairs, passport photos. What other services do they do? Uh, anything you want, really. Just ask. Massage? Yeah, just a little bit of a great massage. <laughs> Brands that they sell, Canon, Fuji, Nikon, Sony, uh, Swarovski, Zeiss, Leica, for the spotting scopes for those that are into their bird watching. So yeah, based in Harrogate on Beulah Street. A few listeners went in to see them over Christmas, which is great. And uh, yeah, make sure you go there. It's a brilliant shop. And it's quite quiet in January. So if you wanted a nice little quiet wander around Harrogate and go see some nice shops, go see some quite cool old cameras hanging from ceilings, that kind of thing, make sure you go to Bass and Bly. Rocco, bassandbly.com. A-S-S-A-N-D-B-L-I-G-H. Dot com c-o-m there we go we got there in the end there'll definitely be some editing of that and so yeah straight into it well not straight into it i said that last time as well Tier romano did his best to spoil our christmas didn't he tweeting on christmas day that that somerville might be on his, his well not on his way to villa but villa are interested in him but it's obvious isn't it like all good clubs are going to be interested in him because he's he's a baller yeah, that was ridiculous, wasn't it? I couldn't believe what I was seeing on Christmas morning. Shouldn't even be checking Twitter, to be fair myself. So I'm not quite as bad as him, but yeah, it's not even news, is it? Although he did say, and I don't know if this was news or whether it was already known, but he said that Leeds rejected 20 million for Somerville from Burnley in the summer, which I don't think I knew. Did you know that? I've got a vague memory of Somerville, or that being interested in Somerville and as sort of padding it away, but yeah, I didn't know an official bid had come in. So yeah, Yeah. interesting. Good foresight by the club. Very good foresight. Very good foresight. And uh, so yeah, Boxing Day, Christmas Day, lovely. Yorkshire puddings, you had Yorkshire puddings. Do you have Yorkshire puddings with yours? No, God no, I don't. And I absolutely love Yorkshire puddings, but no, I've never had them on Christmas dinner. So yeah, I find that actually quite controversial slash, well, yeah, I don't know, feels wrong. Well, it's not controversial because you live in Yorkshire, so <laughs> so get over it. So Christmas Day, lovely, enjoyed the victory over the family with the win over Ipswich. I just, I did that thing, stayed quiet, like I said I would. It was lovely. Came up at 
random moments. And then Boxing Day, in walk Leeds United, the Leeds United we all know and love. <laughs> There's 2-1 defeat against Preston by lunchtime. And Southampton won 5-0 on the day as well and, and, and leapfrogged ahead of us, which you worded appropriately on, on the blog on leadsat.com. It was awful, wasn't it? Like, I felt, I, I genuinely felt like the bubble had burst on us for a moment. I felt very, very sad. It ruined Christmas. Yeah, it did. It was, prop, was it probably the worst game? I guess apart from Southampton. Yeah, I felt like we deserved to lose Preston. Probably played out of their skin. Thought they looked good. Yeah, Miller on the wing was causing problems the whole time. And we just never got going at all, did we? It was, yeah, it was pretty pitiful. And I thought we were quite lucky to get the penalty. Probably was a penalty, I suppose. But yeah, 99% of refs wouldn't give it to us, I don't think. So yeah, that was a surprise. And uh, yeah, just when you think you've got away with a decent point. Yeah, they go and bend one into the top corner. So yeah. Frustrating. Melier, obviously, bloody idiot. But I mean, do you know what? I, I don't know the rules. I should have maybe researched them. I mean, there's this thing about, oh, you can't raise your hands in the game. You can't, you know, like, you know, you're not supposed to hit someone in the face. But that's not the rule, I don't think. I don't think the rule is you can't touch someone's face or you're sent off. Like that, the rule is violent conduct. And that was not violent conduct. But I accept that it's, it's going to be a red card. And if it happened the other way around, you'd expect a red card. But yeah, it annoys me that it is a red card because it shouldn't be. I, I think their play was like, you know, bringing the game into disrepute with his actions, much worse than Melier, who was just, you know, patting the guy away. It's really annoying. I don't know if you've heard that there's like audio footage of what the, the guy says to Melier and why he pushes him away. But he, he basically says, you should eat Yorkshire puddings with your Christmas dinner. <laughs> and his French taste just doesn't agree with it. So basically blasts him in the face and shouts, sombre idiot, which means bloody idiot, which is what you said a minute ago. So I presume there's not a word for idiot and Google Translate just hasn't done the right thing there. <laughs> but yeah, no, I was, I was like, yeah, I was, I was livid. Like the second he did it, I was, I was watching it with my, my brother-in-law and the second he did it, I was like, oh my God, like he's going off. Like, because it, you couldn't really tell whereabouts he'd hit him on the on the live feed, like there and then in real time. But I was like, he's raised his hand, like he's gone. He's like absolutely gone. And I was I was fuming, and you could tell it was going to be one of those days from there. But yeah, Twitter was really painful after that loss. Or X dot com. Everyone was in kind of meltdown. I get it, but I sort of internalized these meltdowns, and then over the space of a few hours, I sort of calmed myself. <laughs> but everyone just seemed to go on there and throw it all on and start scrapping with one another, which is part of its charm and part of its misery. And it, it felt like if we can get a win at the Hawthorns against West Brom, it would fix it all. And uh, the usual, the usual yeah. collapse. <laughs> was, it really was the usual. I mean, you know, how many times have we seen it where we started well, not taking our chances or not being able to score. And then, you know, first attack or second, I suppose, in this case, they score. And then we just completely lose our way. And it was just so frustrating. And you know, second half, I just, I knew we weren't going to trouble them. I just didn't, for a second, think, I didn't even think we were going to make a chance. And yeah, I don't think we really did, did we? It was, yeah, it was really bad and very, very frustrating. Yeah, I don't know what to say. It's just like, obviously the massive overreaction on Twitter afterwards and like, like even, even the sane-minded were questioning whether 
you know, whether Fark was the right man or, you know, questioning stuff that we already know. Like we know from experience that Farker, you know, knows how to handle this division. So, you know, when people are going on about him not changing players, well, you know, apart from the fact that he trains with them every day and he's got all his staff, you know, giving him scientific information about whether they're ready to play or not. You know, the fact that he's done this and gone through the championship and pissed it twice with Norwich, like who the hell are we to question whether he knows when to rest a player or not? So, and it's similar with like the not being able to break down a low block thing. You know, Norwich played in exactly the same way that we're trying to play. So for me, it comes down to the players. They didn't assert themselves or they had off days. Maybe they're too young, you know, maybe they're just still finding the feet and gelling together. All these other reasons, yeah, that's what I choose to blame. I, you know, to say that Farkas, you know, can't can't deal with the low block is insane to me. As we've seen in the home games, we win every home game fairly comfortably, so we don't seem to have that problem at home. Why have got it away? I think it's a mentality thing, and the players, the players need to step up for me. Yeah, I was just going to say, is it a mentality thing? Because particularly after the Ipswich win, it felt like even as a fan base, we were like. This is on. Like, we've we've beat the second team in the league, right? This is going to be a, a walk in the park every every team we come across, and it just isn't as simple as that. We've been here before. Like we've had these absolutely turgid runs in winter under even under Bielsa, where you know we felt like we were going to walk it when we're ten points clear, and it, it nothing is as easy as that. Championship is the weirdest league. I think, yeah, that that that's that that was kind of the big thing for me, and and I think there are things to say on. Farker, not I don't doubt him to the point where he should he should be sacked. Like that's ridiculous. And like you say, his record stands for itself. But there are things that make you question. Like, okay, why are we still playing Piro at nine? Oh, sorry, in like a ten position, and Roots are sort of playing in that nine, but kind of free roaming around, and then Piro's still being quite deep. And I don't know. There's those question marks that still that still come around, but. You know, he tested something new today, which we'll obviously come on to, and it, and it seemed to to do the magic. But one thing just to bridge the conversation from West Brom into this game was Darlow. So you know, Melier out for three games. Darlow dislocates his thumb in the warm up, takes some painkillers, and cracks on. Dislocated thumb, like that's. I mean, it sounds disgusting as well. What what Darlow played against West Brom with a dislocated thumb? Yeah, apparently. Um, wow, bloody hell, legend. Yeah. <laughs> it does sound disgusting, doesn't it? Did he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, good job. He didn't really have anything to do, I suppose. That's mad. Wow. So if he played against them, why couldn't he play today? That's weird. Well, I suppose, I don't know whether they, yeah, I don't know how these things work. Medical stuff. I presume they just said, yeah, you probably not. If it hits that, it's going to be like a crisp packet. So yeah. you should probably sit this one out, Darlow. That's um, typical. It is. So Clarsen in, bleached blonde hair. I think fancies himself as a bit of a Pat Bamford. Bamford also in and Spence out what we thought when you saw a team. I was quite happy, you know. I was my my initial reaction was Rutter at ten. Brilliant. Like we get to see what is like there because I think, yeah, in the past past couple of games, like the way Fark has set up hasn't worked for us. And yeah, like you say, I, I completely agree. I'll, you know, I'm defending him to the hilt really in terms of the suitability for the job, but it doesn't mean I agree with everything he does. And yeah, that's something I wanted to see different was Pretty exasperated by Peru, to be honest, last couple of games. He's been my scapegoat. So I was happy. I was happy that he was on the bench and Bamford coming in. I mean, I must say, you know, for me, you know, I was thinking he's a write off, 
the way that he's played and, you know, just everything, you know, everything surrounding him and Leeds United now has so much gone under the bridge. You know, I, I still think it'd have been better for everyone if he'd have left in the summer. But, you know, coming in today, yeah, like, it felt like make or break, really. He had to make an impact. And I was pleased for that. Like, I, you know, I think the, th- the situation sort of had to come to a head. It had to go one way or another, like bringing him on for a few minutes and, you know, watching him yeah, he suffer and he'll suffer watching him. You know, it's, that's painful. So to give him a start and to see, you know, let's show us what you can really do. I think I, I was really happy that actually we were going to, we were going to see. And obviously it's, it's had a happy ending. In our fan base, it always, well, there's, there tends to be a default to, oh, Bamford is work rate. It's what, you know, and, and same with Dan James as well. And uh, I was delighted. I was really pleased for him that he came on and played. Well, he started and he, and he played really well. And touch on Dan James, I think he had a, such a good game and he was, he was defending well. He was just running past players. He was crossing the ball in nicely. He was getting into good positions. Just really, really good game. And uh, his little chip into the box, obviously, inch perfect for Bamford to, to slap it into the net, which was great. Keeper probably should have done better, but who cares? Maybe he dislocated his thumb and had developed Chris Packett hands as well. <laughs> it was an amazing cross by James. It really was. And you're right, he was amazing today. Up and down, like the defensive work again. Like it, it's a bit boring praising him for that, but like it's so important a lot of the time. And yeah, just so impressed with him. A lovely cross. And Bamford rose really well. Like that, I don't think it, it didn't look easy. You know, he, he had to time it right and, you know, he looked on the stretch. So he's done well to keep that down. Looked like he hung in the air nicely as well, which is a skill in itself. Yeah. I've not actually seen the replay, but like it, it was, I didn't know how it had gone in because it looked like he headed it straight at him pretty much. But I guess it was what point blank range, six yard box header. Yeah, he's got it in. So yeah, I was, I was thrilled for him. Apparently, I mean, I didn't go and I've not seen anything on Twitter, but my mate told me that he got a pretty hot reception when he came on against West Brom. I don't know if you've seen anything about that. So there was nothing of that in the ground today. And yeah, he got a great reception and lovely to see him smiling when he scored. It was a good atmosphere today and particularly the stick towards Rooney, which is always coming, which is lovely. And uh, yeah, I did see some things on Bamford getting some stick at the Hawthorns and I don't like, you can have your opinion, but just you need players to put, like we go, we go to uh, the ground to support the team and support the players. So getting on the back when they come on, it's like, what, what is the point? So yeah, it was great. Great that he scored today. And uh, I don't know about you, but the game felt early on quite open. Birmingham were sort of coming at us and we were going at them, but nothing really sort of getting into the 18 yard box very early on. And it, it sort of felt like, not that we were in trouble, but that we were in trouble, the crowd were in trouble of just sort of veering on being annoyed and being like, come on, let's just like stick it to them and sort of panicking really early on. But then and I think things started to change, obviously, when Bamford, sorry, when Bamford did get that goal. Yeah, it was, it, it was quite open at first. And like, there was a couple of times where they seemed to, I mean, they seemed to look dangerous when they came forward. I was quite worried about the the winger coming up against Archie Gray because he had yeah. well, Dembele. Yeah, he's a guy that had, had ailing on toast at St. Andrews. So I was a bit worried about that. But yeah, he basically did nothing. I think, well, I'm not sure if it was him or not that cut inside and had a pretty good opening and, and class and made his, his one save. But yeah, we, we 
It was, it was, I was starting to worry that the crowd would start to turn at some point because it was, you know, we, we see it with Farkas football and, and, and this is what it is. Like it's the slow, patient build up. It's the making sure you stay in complete control of possession and of the match. And yeah, there's a lot of times where I was getting annoyed today, even when we were three nil up because I wanted to balls into midfield. It just get pinged straight back to the defender when they've got time to turn. And I'm, I, you know, I must have screamed turn about 50 times today and yeah Kamara was probably the, the main culprit because he's funny one isn't he he's either like just turning like does nothing but turn he just doesn't turn and he just plays plays it where he's facing and pretty clearly it's an instruction yeah I was going to say it probably is an instruction based off the back well based on the back of the last two games and the, and players being caught all the time because we were just yeah. operating slowly as a team so I think they were just playing it safer today and you know, we'll probably get to a, a point where there's a happy medium where you get Kamara muscling into players and turning. But right now, that I suppose there's a little bit of fear embedded in them from the last two results. Yeah, the only one that didn't adhere to that was Cooper, who tried a Maradona turn <laughs> against two two strikers going back towards his own goal. Go on, Coops. <laughs> yeah, that's showing yeah. bravery. That's what you need—a leader, true leader out there, at Ellen Road. That's it, and I I don't know if you remember it in the first half, but Ruta made that touch out on the uh, on the touchline near the west stand. He just looked like he was he was fun fun Jorginho today. Maybe that was because of the position he was playing in. I don't know. I think he enjoyed it. I think he excelled there. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, it, again, like it's his strength as well. You know, when he has the ball, like I'm just never worried about him losing it. I don't think they can really tackle him and. Yeah, as we've said a load of times, you know, his passing is so crisp and he like seems to always choose the right option and, you know, play, plays, yeah, just spreading the ball around beautifully. I just wish his shooting could be as crisp as his passing. That'd be nice. I put in my notes actually that Jorginho was filthy and, uh, and I meant it actually in the sense of he was filthy. Like he was, he was really muddy. And I think because he'd been kicked around so much and like, because he does, doesn't he? He gets like, Pulled, his shirt gets pulled, he gets kicked up through late challenges because he's just so skillful. But then he was also just ridiculously, just ridiculous. I'm saying the same word again, but ridiculously skillful. And uh, yeah, he's just, he's just so fun to watch. We like, we say it over and over again, but he's a, he is an absolute joy. I think there was a, there's a moment where Somerville and, and Jorginho were sort of passing it around in the first half in the box. And maybe it fell to Dan James then, didn't it? And he had that sort of left footed shot where he was sort mm-hmm. of fall, falling and hit it at the keeper, and we were unlucky not to score then, but Dan James, goal eventually, and they placed a poor pass, which I think Somerville intercepted. Jorginho chased it down. And like you said, you know, he didn't look like he was going to get to that that ball at all, and you thought, well, he's probably going to get there at the same time, but he's probably not going to come away with it, and he comes away with it, and it's, yeah. it is those moments with him where you're like, He's taken a far too heavy touch here, and he's he's not going to come out the other side, and he, some, he somehow does. It's a bit like, you know, you know when you see a surfer when the wave's sort of going over them and it's about to sort of collapse on them or it has collapsed on them and all of a sudden they sort of... Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, because he, so he got the, I think he got the, the pre-assist on that goal, didn't he? Because Firpo, who, yeah, well, changed the game, Firpo, when he came on and that, that was a really nice assist. Like, that was excellent work. It's funny, actually, because you said about Rutter being filthy. Furpo was filthy as well, and I kept thinking he was rutter in the second half. Like every time he's running forward, I'm thinking it's rutter getting excited, and then I realise it's Furpo. But yeah, 
very nice assist. The James finish did take a massive deflection, which I don't think you could see it very well on on telly on screen. But yeah, definitely a, a, a helpful helpful deflection past the keeper for sure. But he kept it down. It wasn't the easiest finish, and fully deserved that slice of luck, didn't he? Yeah, I was glad Furpo did well because we we kind of well we need him to do well because Byron we can't fully rely on him because he's already had like a couple of hamstring injuries. So yeah, glad glad he came on, glad he did the job. It's all, it's always funny seeing Furpo. It shouldn't be funny, <laughs> should should it? It's like, it should be just reassuring, really? but it just there's just something funny about it. I don't know what it is. It's a bit yeah, a bit like seeing Tyler Roberts like when he yeah. came on second half. Like there was a massive ironic cheer. But like, it wasn't, I don't know if it was an ironic cheer. It was just like a surprise, like Roberts is coming on. And then it felt a bit weird in the end. Like, are we actually cheering him on? I think it was only 2-0 at that point. But yeah, didn't do anything, surprisingly. Should have have given everyone uh, magnums to just wave at him. Remember that photo of him having a magnum? (laughs) You mentioned Dembele. I don't know why I remember that. (laughs) I don't even know either. I think was someone giving him stick or something on Twitter and then he he's like photoed back to them of him drinking a magnum as though he drinking magnums. Eating a magnum as though he just didn't care. I think that was it. So yeah, you mentioned Dembele and he was the like you say, the major threat at, at their place and he got a shot off towards the end of the half and I thought, here we go. Leeds United conceding at half time. But Clarsen got a cracking save on it. It like it looked kind of awkward and you thought, What like why is he saved it like that? But I think it took a deflection. And it was one of those. Oh, saying, did it. it took like a little deflection, and it's it's like one of those things, you know, where you see goalkeepers where they you see like videos on social media, don't you, where they're pinging a ball at some cones on the floor, or, and it pops up in the air, and they slap it away with reaction save, a bit like that, you know. We just had to sort of get to it, otherwise, it would have gone underneath him basically, and we would have been we would have conceded. So good save. Yeah, stood up well to it then in the end. I didn't realise it had taken a deflection. I thought that, yeah, I thought he'd sort of made a bit of a meal of it and just, yeah, managed to get it away. But yeah, well, that's that's good. He looked fairly solid, didn't he, really? Yeah, it was good. And I mean, I say it took a deflection. I can know. <laughs> it, it sort of looks like a deflection in, in the slow replays. But anyway, mate, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Exactly. And Bamford... Early on in the second half, he smashed the post. It was a it was a good effort on goal, actually. Shame he didn't go in. Yeah, it was. Yeah, pretty much did everything right. My dad famously says that when you hit the post, it's as good as a goal. Like to him, he 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 classes it as like he says that you you can never say it's a bad miss if you hit the post. And obviously, I disagree and give loads of examples of why he's wrong. But so yeah, he'll have been delighted with that. Paddy, yeah hitting the target again in his head. I had a football coach actually when I was younger and he used to hate crossbar challenge. He was like, you're teaching yourself bad habits by hitting the crossbar. I was like, mm, that's an interesting take on that. So every time I see someone do crossbar challenge, I just think, yeah, it's a shit game. Plugging yourself off. Yeah, just play, <laughs> play bins, bins on out. So yeah, what, what I found funny actually after that, I think it was after this, wasn't it? When it came back off the post, it, it dropped out to Dan Jane. <laughs> he just, Mashed it at that Birmingham player's head. Well, yeah, I thought it was handball. So I was like, I was, you know, when uh, he was that Newcastle player that did the handball on the line and then pretended he'd been shot. I thought that I thought that guy was was doing one of them. But yeah, hit his head, did it? Yeah, must he, have been lucky that. Yeah, he's Stuck in the now. <laughs> It'll be all right. So Somerville, the third goal for us. I mean, it was it felt sort of dead and buried at two 0 didn't it? I mean. 
every fiber of me wanted to say it was dead and buried, but then there's that little bit in you is like, no, don't say it, don't say it, because it, it's going to come. But they had that great touch uh, on the edge of the box. It was a little touch, and then bang, into the corner, just great finish. And uh, I'll let you talk about the run-up to that, if you can remember it. And But the, the thing I noticed after the goal was actually, like, there's a defender sort of tearing in to make the cover, and he just slides right through the back of the Birmingham defender and he's like the oh, other really? guy's like on, on the floor holding his Achilles like great challenge yeah. it's like there's nothing worse is that you've conceived a goal and injured a player well done <laughs> well yeah the challenge of set me I'm going to fail at. I know I'm pretty certain it was Rutter that, that created it I think he played in Furpo yeah Furpo bearing down on goal I thought he was going to score but selflessly picked out Somerville and his his finish was actually really good. Actually, I didn't I didn't really realise, but uh, yeah, I have seen the replay. And the main thing for me was was Bamford. Yeah, shown what an improvement in his game to actually not block that one on the line because he's yeah he's <laughs> he's probably blocked six or seven of those in the past couple of years. So he got out of the way and also yeah managed to avoid the temptation of prodding him and in himself, which was from yeah surely an offside position. So. Yeah, well done, Paddy. We'll, we'll, yeah, give you a pat on the back for that. So, how many goals for Somerville then now? Have you, have you seen? Is it is double figures? On, I think he is on. Let's have a look. Uh, you talk. He oh, could, he could even it. be on 12. But yeah, so, so all of them, so, well, not all of them, but Somerville, Piro, and James, they are pretty much all tracking for 20 goals a season, which is like astonishing, isn't it? I can't do two things at once, but yes, I agree, Rocco. It is, <laughs> it is astonishing whilst I Google this. He is on. Is he on 12 goals? He's on 12 goals, isn't he? Wow. Yeah. 12, nice 12 goals, six assists. That's phenomenal. 12 goals, six assists. And uh, yeah, Piru's on nine and James seven. No, James on eight now. That's brilliant. That's really good. And now that we've got Rutter playing behind. So this is the thing. So like after the game, I heard Farker. And I did wonder, because this is the other thing that's been leveled at him, is that he's stubborn. And, uh, you know, they used to say that about the great man, which was complete and utter bollocks. You know, Bielsa works with coaches 20 years, his, his junior, to make sure that he's aware and sort of up to date with new ideas in football. And similarly with Farker, like, I don't think he's, I don't think he's stubborn. I just think he... He thinks he knows what's best and that's fine. And so he's changed it today. So I was interested to see what he was going to say after the game. And he, yeah, he sort of made, can we call it an excuse? But he sort of said, oh yeah, Rutter has been really improving certain aspects of his game that has made him, you know, more suitable for the number 10 role. So yeah, now with him at 10 and playing a number nine, like, you know, half the season and Rutter's got four goals. Like that was a, a clear way of trying to get more out of the front four who have done amazing, you know, is to drop him back and see what a number nine can do if it is Peru or Bamford. Yeah, so let's see. Jorginho has got more open play league assists. Sorry, he's got more assists in the championship than any other player in 2023-9. And it goes back to what we were talking about with, with Dara a few weeks ago in that if you've got someone who is a bit of an assist machine and can help contribute to the build-up to goals, that is okay, and maybe we should do more of it. So I like that stat. And Somerville, who, yep, is I think he's got 12. No, he's definitely got 12, but he's the youngest player to score the most goals for Leeds in a calendar year since Michael Bridges. 
Decent. Which is nice. And Firpo was the first Leeds United substitute to assist two goals in a game since Pablo Hernandez in December 2020. You think good Yeah. Johnny Cooper on, on Twitter, x.com, he works for Opta. He's been tweeting about those. So good, good stats. I like them. Right. I am annoyed with Wilfred Nyonto. Oh, no. I think it's been rubbish and I'm not happy. <laughs> and then right at the end, I mean, again, not seeing the replay, but like he, he, you know, he's bearing down on goal. He skips past his man and then just throws himself to the floor. It looked like a clear dive when he beat the guy and he just had to shoot, which then, even then, it sort of made me think, well, was it a penalty against West Brom? I think it probably was. But at the same time, it did cast a bit more doubt in my mind. What do you think about Willie? Do we just get rid of him? He's done nothing, done nothing from the bench and he's done nothing when he started. I, I think my my point of view remains in that I think he's his head is long gone from Leeds United and I don't think it's coming back. And yeah, if your head's not there, your physical self can't be there as well. And like He's got an abundance of ability, I still believe that, but I just don't think he's going to have it at Leeds. And I think if there is an opportunity for him to go, then maybe he will. I think there's a lot of talk, a lot of rumblings about Brendan Aronson potentially coming back. And, you know, is that a more, I'm not saying it's a better a replacement or not, but is it, you know, someone, is it better for him to come back and, you know, all the water under the bridge with Nyonto for that to just go and Aronson have a fresh start, try to get his career back? I don't know. It's not, it's not a great, it's not a great swap, is it? Let's be honest. Water under one bridge for water from another. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can just like imagine? a it's just a flood. That's what it is. It's not yeah. even going under a bridge. Storming the, storming the floodplains. Yeah. I, so, like, I've been thinking, because obviously, you know, with all the criticism of Farka as well, and, you know, you hear from time to time people chiming up with, you know, we've got the best squad in the league, and, you know, oh, you know, he should be getting more out of this squad of players. And, yeah, the more I think about it now, I'm not really sure, you know. Have, have, we, have we got such a great squad? I mean, you know, I think we've got a really good first 11, but behind that, I think we're really struggling, really. I think we've maybe got 13 or possibly 14 players that you would trust and expect to do stuff. But after that, I think you're really struggling. It's, it's actually a pretty thin, a thin squad, really. You know, we don't really know about a lot of them. Anthony and Gruev, obviously, like Creswell's not even had a sniff. You know, the fact they're not getting a chance shows. It tells you really that, you know, they're not top players at this level. What else do we need to cover off? Anything else? No, don't think so. We've just got to cover off a hell of a lot of player ratings. Oh, and then we can talk about how they're all doing. Seems we're at the halfway stage. New Year's right, well, Day, Jill. Here's a deal. Preston West Brom, I will take your ratings, Rocco. You, you, you deliver them and I'll be happy with them because I don't ever want to relive that in my mind ever again. Okay, so just for housekeeping, Preston, BA5, Darlow 6, Spence 6, Strike 7, Rodon 7, Ampadu 6, Archie 5, just because that guy had, had him on toast, Kamara 6, James 6, Somerville 6, Nyonto 6, Rutter 7, and Piru 5. Fine, by really me. Yeah, good. No, I don't want to hear West, about it ever again. Esprom, Darlow 6, Byram 6, Spence 6, Cooper 7, Rodon 7, Ampadu 6, Gruev 6, Somerville 6, Nyonto 5, Rutter 6, Piro 5. I will add to that, actually. I think it's, I think that's fair, and I like that you plucked Cooper and Rodon out, because I think defensively we were... You can overlook 
that performance because we were pretty poor in a, in, a, in midfield and attack, but they did a good job. That's all I've got to add. Yeah, Cooper made a great block in the first half, which sprung to mind, so I couldn't, couldn't mark him down. So yeah, today then, I'm not, I'm not prepared for this. So Klaassen, I'm giving him a seven. Seven or an eight, clean sheet, good saves. Seven, all right, go on, move on. Your face said it all. <laughs> Archie, I thought, seven. I thought it was. I thought it was great. Now sinking between seven and eight, I thought it was excellent. But I think probably sevens, sevens are right in it. Yeah. Then on the other side, I won't mark Byram because he only played ten. Was it ten minutes? Anyway, I won't mark him. So I'm gonna. Well, you know what? I was gonna say 11. he deserves an eight. <laughs> did, I was gonna say he deserves an eight, but then like there was that time where he got caught out, and they were basically in behind us and. They missed. And then there was a time where he got absolutely roasted. <laughs> like he looked like Ian Hart, like a swimming through treacle. So does that mark him down for a seven or is it New Year's so Day? That's brought him down from 11 to an eight, hasn't it? <laughs> right. Eight for third. Um, uh, Rodon. He's class again. one. Eight or nine. Should we give him a nine? I think Let's he give him a nine. nine. He was just magnificent. And like his. It almost feels harsh on Cooper. Do you know what it was like, actually? On Strictly Come Dancing, when there's like a pro and a professional, a pro and a celebrity, and like sometimes the pro is so good that it makes a celebrity who's like really good, makes him look like average. And like there was times where Rodon just, yeah, made Cooper look worse than he probably was. So I'm giving him a nine just for that. Well, cultural, uh, cultural shock there, bringing Strictly Come. Strictly come dancing into the podcast rocker season. Oh, it's not, the first, not the first time this season. I've never heard you, of it. Y- yes, you have. You you were you were praising Rutter's footwork. All right, let's move on. Great. Cooper, nice solid seven, I think. There was a couple of hiccups, but nothing major. I think he did very well. A, a, lo- a lot of really good stuff as well. Little touches here and there. I was happy with him. Ampadu, seven probably. Should have scored, shouldn't he? Oh, God. Was that an incredible save? How did he save that? Because he really put his foot through it from about eight yards. Yeah, he wasn't very happy. Every touch of that, I thought, it's going to go. It's going to go. Give him a seven for missing that. Kamara, probably seven as well. Again, like I said, he was was a bit frustrating at times today, but did the job. Easy. And then the formidable four will go with James with a very hard eight. I'm I'm gonna like veer on eight or nine for all of these, so I think I'll take an eight here. Yeah. Right, okay. Um uh who's on the left? Somerville, obviously. Somerville give him an eight as well, I think. Definitely not outshining James. Ruter. I think Jorginho for me definitely gets a nine. Are you happy with that? Brilliant. Yeah, just needed a goal. He's finished again, he's shooting. Don't know why I can't just get hold of a shot. Or not hit it to the back of the cup. It's because his one feet. Are, it's because his feet are massive, like that guy said. Yeah. Jeremy. That's why. And then we come on. Like, it's like it's like hitting it with a wedge, a canoe. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Patrick Bamford. I mean, I mean, really, I was thinking a seven, and I promised my dad that I would campaign for a seven. But I'm guessing you're going to want to upgrade that to a to a ten or eleven. Are you living vicariously through me? Like, you wanting me to... Because you don't want to have an argument or a fallout with your dad. You're basically, like, egging me on 
to vote for what you actually think you should be rated as, which is an eight. Maybe. It's funny because my dad sometimes says that I bully you into scores. So he gets really annoyed that we score them too highly. And he's in, in his head, it's me that's doing the bullying. See, um, I think if you take the context of that football match and nothing alone, none of the history of Patrick Bamford, I would say that was an eight performance where he did all the link-up play. He did a lot of hard work, a lot of pressing, scored a goal. I just don't think you can argue that it's probably like between a seven and eight, higher towards an eight. So I'm going, I'm going for eight. Okay, fine. I'll let you in. Eight yes. for Bamford. <laughs> Any of the other subs? I don't think they need the marking. I'll, I think I'll let him off the hook rather than give him another five. Mm. Again, Anthony's just not doing anything, is he? Like, so like we had, we had that, uh, well, second choice front, front four on for like 15 minutes. And like, there's just like, I don't know. They just never look dangerous. I know the intensity has come out of the game somewhat, but at the end of the day, when we're attacking, they're the four that have to deliver. They're up against a team that's completely beaten. And we've seen this a few times and they just don't do anything. So, yeah, it's a bit of a worry for me. He's a different player to Somerville, isn't he? In that he doesn't, he won't just run at players. He has to be part of a link up to then put him in and through on goal. So he doesn't do an awful lot of creating himself. He kind of relies on bouncing off other people. Yeah. And I think that's, that's what we sort of, I think because we're so used to Somerville and so used to that attacking four and them and them being able to sort of, well, Ruta and Somerville in particular just be able to create space and create something from nothing and Anthony doesn't seem to be able to do that. So it always feels a bit disappointing, but I think he's a quality player and he's shown that he can finish at like clinical, in clinical moments. So, but yeah, he's just, he's not that kind of, he's not really an impact player, I don't think, which is, I think at times what we need. But anyway. Yeah. It'll be interesting at Peterborough because I'm guessing them lot will play. And uh, yeah, I must say if they do, I won't be that confident, to be honest. I, I think I'm, I'm sensing a bit of an upset. And I t- to be honest, I'm not even bothered. Like, I, I, like, obviously, I want us to win. But yeah, I feel like it's a concentrate on the league season, this one for sure. I want, I want us charging into Europe next season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Peter, Peterborough. We'll, we'll, I mean, we haven't done Man of the Match, so let's go go back to that okay. first one. Man of the Match, Rutter, done. You didn't do the sponsor by which... Oh, God, I've let him down there. Bass and Black Man of the Match is Jorginho Rutter. And I think it's first time since it's been sponsored by... <laughs> oh, my God. Bass and Black. I don't know whether I'm weirded out or slightly aroused from the audio or the both. You better put your clothes back on. <laughs> so, yeah, I completely agree. Rutter, he is sensational. Didn't get assists, didn't get a goal, but he did everything to build up to those goals and did it immaculately. Great to see him in the number 10 role. Long may it continue. Fast forward two weeks to our next championship game and he's injured now for the rest of the season. Thank you very much. <laughs> so yeah, next weekend, congratulations, Georgino Rutter. Not that he listens to this and not that anyone gives a shit, but our, <laughs> our opinion is we thought he was the best in that game. Anyway, so... Fast forward next week, Peterborough away, like you say, do we care? Possibly not. I, I mean, I do. Like, I hate, I don't not care about any Leeds game, but I know exactly what you're saying. We've had this in previous seasons where the, I think it was under Monk, wasn't it? Was it under Monk, maybe? Where it, it completely distracted us going on a cup run from from the league and, and the, the main job. So, yeah, I'm kind of with you. Like, I don't, I don't want that distraction. I think we just need to get out of this bloody cesspit. 
Yeah, I think so. And especially as we've realised in the last hour that we've got a rubbish squad. We don't we don't want to pick up any injuries, do we? Like less less games the better. Play the kids. That's what we're thinking, aren't we? <laughs> yes, definitely. Cool. No, so- I don't know. It's hard to say that really because there's going to be a lot travelling down Peterborough ways. I've actually never been to Peterborough. One of the few that I, that I didn't go to in the league one years or championship. And it was a terrace as well. And I remember I was going to go to one and we scored in the last minute. And I always regretted that under Grayson. So they'll have a good trip. Nice, easy journey down. And a good old sing song. Sunday, two o'clock though, isn't it? That's annoying. But The games you always regret are the ones where you score a late winner, aren't they? Because it's like, yeah, that is the epitome of emotional gambling and why you watch football. Like... You well, know. it's like, a yeah, it's an addict that's Mr. Hit, isn't it? Mm, exactly, like you're yeah. happy, but... Yeah, full of regrets. Well, we'll come back after the the Peterborough game anyway, because it'll be nearly a week on from this one. And uh, yeah, things will happen in that time. Transfer window's open now for one, so, so some things might also happen this week. Make sure you, you check out leadsthat.com, Rocco's Roundup, for uh, the week's news as well, particularly towards we get when we get towards the end of the week. And also, David Dean, your dad's been writing. Yeah, he is, yeah. Pre and post games. It was a good pre match again. I enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, just awaiting excitedly for his post match that will be up tomorrow. Good stuff. And uh, yeah, Happy New Year, everyone. And uh, have a great week. Always a good week when Leeds United have won until they play again. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we'll see you next weekend. And thanks ever so much. Cheers. Network.